millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody, Mike Rains, aka Poker and Politics, here with another bonus episode of Adventures in Hellworld. Uh David Wilcox has been around for forever as a UFO guy, conspiracy theory guy, uh got on the COVID denial train because that's what you do when you're in that world. And uh, I haven't really dug too much into him, but uh Bobby Ellis is someone who has been monitoring the career of David Wilcock, and he asked if uh we could have a talk about this crazy guy. So I thought I'd bring him on the podcast. So uh welcome Bobby. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> so well, I- so when where did this guy first kind of break into the uh, conspiracy theory world? Like, and and where would you put him on like the pecking order of like the Alex Joneses and the other David Ikes and other like so trapezoids? So I, I when when he got started exactly, I I don't know. I became aware of him three or four years ago, and I know that he has been in this world and doing this type of thing at least since 2011 maybe before that i think if you go back and listen to some of his older talks he mentions getting involved with a guy by the name of Corey good around 2009 i think wilcock had been, which is a totally different so they talk about like secret space programs and things like that um but wilcock was real big on the 2012 Mayan calendar type thing. And I think that's kind of where he made his, his name. And then that failed to come through. So he's kind of scrubbed a lot of stuff pre 2012 as he was really big on that. So it's kind of hard to find anything before that, at least where I've searched, but where I place him on the pecking order is I kind of put him in the area of the gateway people, the pipeline of uh, like people who are into uh, transcend uh, uh, meditation, uh, ancient aliens, that type of thing. I put him as kind of a, a pipeline figure from there 
to QAnon because he's really jumped on that. I think that he's pretty low down on the totem pole. Uh, I've only heard him mentioned in a few podcasts. Uh, I've heard him mentioned on Knowledge Fight like once or twice, maybe. Uh, but no one, I, I haven't heard any conspiracy people dig deep into him. The only thing I, that he comes up on in my podcast that I listen to are like the crazy alien people who kind of make fun of him for these different, the, all these different alien races that he has uh, living in the solar system with us and doing crazy things on the moon and stuff like that. So, so uh, what is his uh, alien mythos, as it were? Are we dealing with Palladians and Greys and all that kind of stuff? We are dealing with so many different aliens. So as from what I've been able to count, I think based on his estimation and guesses, there's roughly like 20 different alien species that live in our solar system. And they are do there are all these different alliances. There's like the sphere bean alliance. There's uh, the the secret government space programs that are based on earth and that have dealings with these different uh, creatures. There are like seven foot tall bird aliens involved somehow the avians there's the reptiloids. There's these strange triangle type creatures that if you go on and uh, hear him talk uh, on stage, he describes their language as like buzzsaw noises. And it's great because he just starts making them sound like a party popper. Um, so yeah, the mythos is extensive. Um, some of my favorite highlights are the fact that the moon is hollow and that there are glass cities up there. And there were giants who used to live in the moon and we've been there. And there is an ancient city, ancient civilization of aliens under Antarctica right now, as we speak. Um, it's, it, it, it's a it's a trip. Uh, he he's got a he's got he's like Tolkien. He's got uh, a hell of a world built up. So uh, do these uh, underground aliens in Antarctica are they battling with the Nazis who live under there in the Jordan Sather above majestic world, or do they peacefully coexist? Like what's going yeah. on there? Yes, they are battling with the Nazis. Uh, so above majestic, I actually part of part of me digging into and going back and looking stuff up. Uh, part of our Twitter exchange was someone reminded me that Jordan Sather was in Above Majestic, which David Wilcock was a huge part of. I believe he was a producer on that. Um, so, and I actually went and watched that uh, documentary. For so that I could make some notes on it for this conversation, which if if anyone wants to, I suggest don't because it will it will just you will be sitting there slamming your head into your keyboard, going, "How is this? How does anyone believe this?" I I now almost want to make above majestic like bonus content for the podcast because it's so dumb and it also features our dumb wet boy Sather as like this talking head on it who's babbling yeah. about the ice Nazis which is just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> The thing about it is, is like I was like I said, going back and like looking at this. Uh, I totally forgot that Sather was in it, and I've seen it. I'd seen it before. I got into following Wilcock 
mostly because I really enjoy the fun, weird conspiracies. And he was fun and weird until he got tied into this alt-right type thing, which I don't want to say to his credit, he's not as open about it as these other people. He, He alludes to it, and he definitely... There's a reason I put him as like a pipeline figure to it. But he's not as extreme as, say, someone like Jordan Sather. But yeah, I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, he's not going to accidentally or purposefully post a thing about, quote unquote, they in triple parentheses being all gone. And then. Yeah, no, he won't. He won't put the triple parentheses. He'll just say, well, you know, honestly. He won't put the triple parentheses, but there will be mention of a cabal, a secret cabal with with uh, people in charge of it. It, it, He's gone more down that rabbit hole. But I think the way that he's avoided he for anyone, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but he's still on YouTube. He's still got a blue checkmark on Twitter. And I think the way that he's he's avoided the bans and the the purges is by being just vague enough to avoid well he speaks in code on youtube if you go and watch his videos now he never it's 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 like decrypting the it's like the scene where in from a christmas story where he has to decrypt the code from the radio with his uh decoder because that's how he talks now he's like oh uh PT for President Trump is going to go to the Capitol and talk to number 17, uh, you know, for Q or whatever. It's just so weird. (laughs) It's kind of like the unbelievably lazy uh, codes that Q uses for things where he makes up, he's like, uh, what was I going to say? Like uh, Elon Musk is EM and, uh, uh, Zuckerberg is just his initials, and uh, for some reason, Jack Dorsey was just always Jack because he was mad at Dorsey in particular over Twitter for some reason. But and look, Loretta Lynch is LL and all that kind of stuff. They, yeah, they want to give you this really easy thing to decode so you can think that you're smart when really you're just kind of uh, solving a puzzle that a five year old could solve. Exactly. Uh, he he does a really good job of kind of pushing this idea of, you know, we're at the forefront of techno- of disclosure, and uh, he talks all the time about having insider access and everything. He it, it's it's really interesting. He he wants to make the audience feel like they are right there with him in the trenches, as it were, of getting secret information. No one else has this information. Only, like, because he talks all the time about, oh, uh, someone came to me and said that we could disclose this. It was it was declassified for me and me alone, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and it, so it, it really does lead the audience into thinking that, oh, we're in on something cool. Uh, and and when you when you see the comments on his live streams, a lot of people will talk about how oh you know, you know people we're we're awake and other people aren't, and it, it's very much reminiscent of going to the cue boards and seeing them talk about normies or people who haven't been pilled yet. 
and I mean, that's, that's what a lot of this is about is that I have the secret information. I know the truth and I'm telling it to you, the select who can handle this, this dark knowledge. So when did he get into, when did he get on the Q train? Like when was that transition done? And, uh, how big of it how big did q become part of his world was it like everything or was it was he mostly still in the ufos and his giant babylon 5-esque world of aliens so q is definitely not everything in his world it's it's hard to parse exactly when he jumped on the q train mostly because things like secret cabals um have been a part of his narrative for a really long time and I think that's part of why it was so easy for him to kind of make that transition and turn is because, like I said, I discovered him about three or four years ago. And even then, he, from his videos from 2011, 2012, things like that, he was talking about the secret cabal's um, disclosure, uh, slow disclosure that was being trickled out for the masses. Uh, and so I don't know exactly when he decided to jump on the Q train, but you see it a lot now where he's incorporating things like uh, Satanism, uh, how Trump is kind of in control of everything. At least he was doing this after the January 6th thing went down. He went silent for months and now he's come back and his live streams are mostly focused on UFO things with these weird little um, nods to Q and the Patriots. He's He started putting like an American flag in his live stream video now. He has um, started to um, talk about how... Uh, uh, the Does satanic... the flag have gold trim on it or not? <laughs> I don't think it does. I have to. I'd have to go look at it, but I don't think it has gold trim on it. Okay, it's a real flag. It's a true American flag. I just wanted to make sure that he was he was one of the good guys, not one of the bad guys. Yes, yes, he, he is one of the good guys. So, uh, but like I said, there has been so the cabal. He's been talking about it for a long time, and I think that he he uses that mostly to lead into the Q stuff, because in the Cabal, it's very hard to define. There's everything from Nazis to global leaders to bankers to the military-industrial complex, which is somehow also part of the good military. Which, And this, it, it's so interesting to me, because I saw this, like I said, years ago, and was like, oh, this is fun. And then I started seeing the same thing in the QAnon circles, and I was like, oh my god, Like I think David is going to jump on the Q train. And I was waiting for it, and sure enough, around the a few months after the election, he start, I started seeing his live streams pop up on YouTube again, and he was talking about how the election was stolen, and how, you know, uh, Trump, the, the good guys were going to come back, and how the cabal was, you know, it was scared, and there were there was going to be three days of darkness, where the good guys were going to arrest everybody, and there was going to be a total blackout, but then the, the, the white hats would come out in, con uh, uh, in control of everything. It was, he really dove into it then, and then after the January 6th thing, uh, the Capitol insurrection, 
I think he said, ooh, this is too hot for me, so I'm going to back off of it. Oh, I can totally see that. Uh, I mean, that was what was really funny uh, is January 6th, uh, Alex Jones was like on the ground. He's like he's in D.C. He's there and he has his idiot uh, flunkies in the studio and stuff like that. And like they're celebrating, they're cheering the attack on the Capitol. Everything's going great. Then they cut to Alex, and Alex is just like, "Oh, this is an anti false flag. Uh, this is really good." <laughs> and and the thing is, is that his moron staff can't figure out that this is bad, and they're like, "But Alex, the Patriots conquered the Capitol. We did it. We're we're kicking cabal ass. We're doing great." And Alex is like, "Shut up, you dum dums. This isn't us. This is this is other people." And it's, it's just it's BLM. It's BLM yeah. led. We're gonna say yeah. as he like waddles away slowly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's. It, it, it's just so funny that that people like Wilcock and Alex Jones and these other like people that have a couple of brain cells they can rub together were realizing like right away that January sixth was a bad look for the community and we need we need to pull ourselves away from this thing real quick uh, while the the schmucks are just sitting there watching uh, the Q shaman standing in the well of the Senate going yeah Q shaman get him this is great. <laughs> And now, I mean, it's so funny that we've gone from uh, Antifa did it and BLM to yeah, we did it, but we were peacefully protesting. There were a couple, there were a couple like uh, bad people that knocked down the doors, and then we peacefully walked through them. And now we've gone to the FBI made us do it. So I mean, it's just they're just constantly blaming somebody else for what they did, and it's. It's really horrifying that we have so many people in our government that are uh, supporting uh, this mindset and talking about Ashley Babbitt as a uh, martyr and a hero and wanting, who that cop was lying in wait for her and all this stuff and it's just uh, I've never I've never heard these people talk about uh, George Floyd or any of the innumerate unarmed black people that have been murdered by cops. Uh, none of them had a cop lying in wait for them, which is like, I mean, it's just so ridiculous, their mentality. So uh, where is our boy Wilcock on the COVID thing? Chinese bioweapon, 5G. What's what's his take on that conspiracy that like literally everyone has a view on? Yeah, so David is actually very interesting to me on this topic because he marries a lot of different things together. In fact, his most viewed YouTube videos, as far as I can tell, searching back, all involve uh, the COVID pandemic. Right about the time when lockdown started, he's got these three to four videos, maybe five if I'm remembering correctly. Each one of them is insanely long, like three and a half to four hours long of him just rambling uh, talking about in his little home studio with like three different cameras set up where he, he'll like stand and turn to another one and it'll slowly change angles or whatever. And then he talks about uh, technical problems and all that stuff. At, at any rate, he's got uh, his most viewed video out of those is around a million views. Um, he believes, at least he said this in those videos, and I you have to forgive me, I don't know if like... He might have changed his mind partway through one of them. I digging through like 20 hours of this stuff, it's tough. But what I heard was that uh, this is a man-made virus. It's ethnocentric, uh, according to David. 
and it was made to target uh, Asians specifically. So we as Americans, we didn't have to like really worry about it because this was a bioweapon that was made to target the Chinese people or Asian people. I don't understand why that would be being made in a Chinese lab, but that's his his thing. Uh, to his credit, though, I will say that he doesn't say that it's fake necessarily, and he actually did. He he advocated socially distancing, um, playing it safe, but he really played down the the danger of it saying oh if you're you know if you're not asian like it's it's really not that dangerous it's not that big of a deal but just to be safe you know stay away from people and then he did this really weird thing where he was leading a meditation video that said that we would be like if everyone got together all of his like little followers and fans got together and prayed really hard uh, we'd be able to change the molecular structure of the virus through our good vibes to make it, you know, basically go away. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, we would we would be able to reverse the uh, zoonotical. I'm sorry, I probably got that word totally wrong, but the jump that it made from, yeah. from uh, I, the, the pangoloin to the human, because that's what we think is the like the the natural, the quote unquote natural theory, aka reality, is that it was bat to pangoloin to human. And the thing that really blows my mind about all of this lab leak stuff is, um, and I talked about this a little bit in my interview with Scott Webster, is that even if you like gave the idea of the lab leak uh, concept, it still wouldn't have been malevolent or an act of war by the Chinese. What it literally would have been is a scientist was studying a natural virus they found in the wild, got sick, didn't realize they were sick, and infected other people. And so did a few other people at the lab. And then eventually they were like, oh, crap, those lab workers infected their family and friends. Now we got to do something about it, which, again, is not the Chicoms launched a bioweapon to try to kill us all, which is how these people try to blur the lines of the uh, bioweapon origin story, as it were. So Wilcock had his view on where the virus came from and it, it, this very bizarre uh, self-inflicted Chinese genocide weapon, which is very interesting. Uh, I take it. He has a very well-reasoned and rational view of the vaccine. Um, so I haven't, I haven't heard him bring up the vaccine all that much based on his talking points about people like Bill Gates and things like that. Uh, I don't think he would be a fan of it. He is very much um, he's very much under the idea that there are people out to, or at least he says that he believes this. There are people out to assassinate him. Uh, there are people who like he has insider sources for the air quotes, like everyone does. But he his insider sources uh, face death around every corner, and so I I. I don't know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I don't know if I've heard him address the vaccine specifically, uh, but I can say that he is not the biggest proponent of modern medicine. He's very much into tr- uh, uh, like um, chakras. Yeah, chakras and ascension and the Buddha rainbow, the Tibetan rainbow body and all that stuff. He he mixes and mashes all kinds of, but then he also talks about like christianity and satanic stuff uh he he's really hard to pin down when it comes to that type of thing does he have opinions on chemotherapy and other kind of like uh harsh treatments that western medicine uses um i think he i I think he does advocate for medicine but he also talks about how you know it's really important that you 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 try to ascend above that you know we are we are just trapped in our mortal you know cages as it were according to him uh you know he he believes that he is a re- reincarnated spirit of edward casey the psychic uh which i'll give him i'll give him a point on this one they do look a lot alike which and when i say that i mean they look very weird um but <laughs> I'm usually not one to attack someone's uh, uh, looks. But it, Wilcock, if if you haven't seen him, he he essentially looks like Roger from American Dad with a blonde wig on. He 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 pulls the he pulls that look off pretty well. Um, so yeah, he just with when it comes to med that like I said, it, it the COVID thing is a really perfect example of why it's so hard to pin him down. And tell you exactly what he believes, because in one sentence he will say, "This is a design thing that is out to kill Asian people, and it is deadly." But and you should you should like socially distance, but you really shouldn't worry about it that much. It's not that big of a deal. It's it's such a it's so hard to nail him down on stuff. Oh, it's, it's important for people like him to just flood the zone and then whatever quote he used previously, he'll use to defend that view. He'll be like, I never said that. I said this. And if you bring up the previous quote that contradicts him, he'll be like, you took that out of context because that's that's how these like scam artists always work. They're always finding a way to make sure that what they said is not something they can actually be uh, pinned down on. So in the kind of the broad brush, the unit, like the grand scope of the grand unifying conspiracy theory, what is his take on stuff like 5G, 9-11, the various assassinations of uh, American political leaders like Kennedy, the Kennedys and Martin Luther King? 
does he have uh, like an overarching view on these things or does he just sort of uh, go a la carte and cherry pick? I I like to say that he um, he tends to go a la carte depending on things. Uh, you know, Vice did a good article on him uh, from like 2020 and I'm actually searching it right now. Uh, he, give me just a second here. You have to edit this part out while I scan this. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah. So, to to quote to quote Vice here, uh, Wilcock and Good, who is Corey Good, who is uh kind of Wilcock's like comrade in arms. At least they they've kind of split a little bit, but there I can go into Corey because he's interesting in and of himself, and Wilcock, like, really put him in the limelight. Um, to quote Vice, uh, Wilcock and Good, though, offer something different than the average figure ranting about 5G towers. They're significant figures in the disclosure community, a conspiracy-driven New Age segment of the UFO subculture that believes the government is hiding the truth about extraterrestrials. So they they don't really focus on things like 5G and those type of things all that much. Uh, Wilcock doesn't. He tends to focus more on, you know, his big selling point is there are aliens out there, the government is in contact with them, and by God, we, you, I have been chosen as like a divine prophet by these beings, basically, to its to um, disclose all this information to you. And I'm honestly kind of curious about whether he's using the Q stuff to just stay relevant, as that's where his community is going, or if he's using that to bring the Q people to him. Um, I couldn't... That, that, that is one that I'm curious about. Oh, I mean, like, the Ghost Ezra is using QAnon to try to pipeline people into neo-Nazism and Holocaust denial. So, I mean, it, that is one of the biggest problems of QAnon is that it is this giant melting pot. I like to call it the grand unifying conspiracy theory, because if you believe in anything, QAnon will take you into their uh, arms and they will welcome you. And then you can say anything you want, because uh, <clears throat> the whole point of QAnon is that we're united, we're together, we're a group. And if anyone tries to cast you out, then they're seen as the bad guy for being divisive and, ex and exclusionary. And so you're able to use that uh, conspiracy melting pot to uh, get people into your neck of the woods, no matter how dark that might happen to be. So I'm sure that uh, he is trying to pull people over into the UFO world. So what was his take on this like big uh, UFO dis disclosure stuff that was the, all the rage for the last like month? Oh, he, uh, I'm sure that he was dancing for joy when that came up. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he talks about, um, he had a video recently talking about some of those. Uh, and he was basically saying like, yep, been telling you about this for, for, for years. You see there, I'm being proven right. My insiders are telling me that there's going to be even more revealed. We're going to be seeing, you know, uh, full on disclosure here pretty soon. Uh, but it's funny, one of his, 
one of the videos that he was using to say like, hey, you know, I've been telling this is the same ship that I showed you in my little PowerPoint like five years ago at a connection in the desert or whatever his thing was, uh, was the I don't know if you've seen the video. It's like the light triangle thing. It's the the flying little triangle. And, I haven't seen that now. Well, it's it's one of the vid- like UFO videos that have come out, and it's funny because I'm a professional photographer. Outside of digging into this hellscape that I've dug myself into, uh, I'm a professional photographer, and it's not just me who says this. It's lots of professional photographers who look at that and go, "Oh, it's it's a uh, it's a bokeh effect from a lens. Like it's nothing more than a trick of the the camera." Um, and but there he is. He's like, "Oh, you see, I I've been proven right." Um, and I think part of, I think part of, along with trying not to get banned, I think part of the reason he's jumping back into the UFO stuff is because it's a lot more relevant now. Um, you know, he, he, his last two videos were, um, the pyramid is a UFO relic or an alien, an ancient alien relic. And that there were let's see in the 1950s there were like human alien time travelers revealed or something like that yeah so um just trying to uh think about just like the current day and like where we are uh with all these kinds of things going on um so he's not that aggressively pro-Trump, as it were. Uh, I mean, he did say that he had talked to like, Trump was talking to seventeen and blah blah blah. But he, uh, he's very much. I think he's very much pro-Trump. Yeah. Um, he he definitely did not before Trump was elected. I, I I don't see he wasn't a Hillary fan, but he wasn't like out and out like. Oh. Uh, like hardcore, I think that's when I first started noticing the turn that he made from, you know, aliens are here and we got to talk to him to, hey, there's, you know, the cabal that I've been talking about all these years. Yeah, Trump is in on that. Uh, He, when Trump was in office, he was much more, you know, aggressively kind of pushing him. Uh, He, he definitely, again, he talks in code. I, I don't think I have... I don't think I've seen a clip of him saying out and out like, oh, the election is stolen specifically, but he definitely leans into that. He talks about how um, Trump was pushing for disclosure for all these different things. Uh, He talks about how um, like Bill Clinton and Hillary and all these Democrats basically knew about the secret cabal and we're hiding the fact that there's this alien civilization down in Antarctica. Um, it's again his pol- his politics are kind of wonky, but he's yeah. definitely more on the pro-Trump train. Is he going to have? Is Trump getting reinstated in his mind? Is he on the recount uh, world? Is he is he doing all that kind of stuff? Or I think he... I think that he he was on that train until the until the January sixth insurrection. Uh, again, you know, he mentioned the three days of darkness. This was this was after the election, where he was talking about the three days of darkness, and there were going to be mass arrests. Um, there were, you know, and the good guys were going to take control, and it was the military who was going to do it. It was these, um, you know, these 
the, the people fighting the deep state were basically going to take over and over Good Friday because you know that was that it, he was talking about this in twenty um let's see oh yeah so like it, my my timeline's a little wonky so in twenty twenty around Good Friday he was talking about how the there was going to be the three days of darkness. And then after the election results, he was talking about how um, there were, he brought it up again, like, oh, there's there's going to be like a, a, a blackout, uh, and then we're it's going to come back, and all this shady stuff is going to be exposed, and uh, Trump is going to you know be in control. The military has things under control. My insiders have told me this. So um, he he, re it, it's difficult for me to remember exactly <laughs> the timeline because he he brings things up a lot, and then when they fail, he's like, oh, it, you know, it you can't it, he very very cue like he's like you can't put a timeline on these things, even though my insiders told me like three days ago that it was going to happen today, um, you know. You just can't. These military operations—they're—they're super—they're super, they're super uh, convoluted and complicated. So you can't put a timeline on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best things these people can kind of do is to keep everything murky and mysterious, so that uh, they don't ever have to produce. They don't actually actually have to make a payoff happen, as it were. I actually heard Mike Lindell uh, recently say uh, that Trump would be back in, in office in October, and he was like, "Well, it might be a month or two after that. I might have jumped the gun a little." And it was just he's already walking back October, and you can just see the way these people operate, and. Um, well, I think I think David learned that the hard way with his 2012 predictions because he was real big on the Mayan calendar and how and again, I don't know exactly what it was because he scrubbed his content um, of what he was predicting for 2012 because he kind of got slammed for it. Um, and but there is you hear mentions of it in some of his older talks where you know, he'll be like, oh, they, they made fun of me for not getting 2012 right. But, you know, it did happen. It's just like the event that needed to happen happened. It just wasn't what we were told it was going to be. Like, which it's like, well, what the, then what was the event? What happened, uh, David? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, uh, mistakes were made. I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. Look over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but that's not important right now. What actually happened isn't important right now. What's really important is the fact that if you go to my website, you can sign up for this uh, series that I'm doing that teaches you how to meditate. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, and buy some buy some storable food. All of that, all of these things. That's the racket. So, uh, do you have anything else to throw out about the, this guy? Anything that you don't think we've covered uh, in this conversation? So I, basically the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because I do think that well, – oh my gosh, sorry, I, I got this alert. I don't know if that came through or not. But anyway, the reason I wanted to have this conversation is because I do think that David provides a very tempting and sticky pipeline into the QAnon beliefs and the fact that he is still – blue check marked on Twitter. 
He's still on YouTube. He has millions of now his views have dropped off. I think partially because of the fact that he went a while and some of his things didn't play out and you see people kind of giving him crap in his live stream comments, but he he has a lot of followers and for the for the crazy thing that he puts out there um his followers are extremely loyal. And if you go and you watch the comments that show up in his uh, live stream, you'll see people talking about how... You'll see people mention Q. They're talking about how Soros needs to be arrested, how tr the election was stolen, and everything like that. So he is 100% attracting the Q crowd. And for those who aren't part of it, he is providing a gateway. He is really playing into it, and the fact that he is not facing repercussions for that blows my mind. Especially when you have him saying that you know COVID is a bi was essentially a bioweapon. Um, the and I guess the way that he got around that was by saying, "But socially distance from it, even though you don't necessarily have to." Oh yeah, so, just uh, just flim flam, just this constant need to uh, dance around these kinds of things and just make it up as you go along to keep the story going and keep your audience engaged. Uh, the fact that he has a blue check mark on top of still being on Twitter when uh, the only the only other person in that sphere I can think of that had that kind of big reach uh, that's still on Twitter is like Mark Taylor, the firefighter prophet. And how and, and that guy was like full Q. I mean, he was just literally all Q all the time. Uh, he just t totally uh, turned his uh, Christian, uh, like just right wing uh, God nonsense into a full blown. Uh, yeah, Q's got this totally right. He nailed it. And somehow, when all the all the big guys got uh, taken off of social media on January eighth. Mark Taylor still alive and kicking every now and then he'll like post something about how, ah, I can't believe they haven't suspended me yet. But, and so that for guys yeah, like I, Wilcock and him to have, have access to Twitter, it's an it's crazy blind spot for them to have. Yeah. And I think it does show that Twitter does not, I mean, they make a good effort of pretending that they care, but they really don't because, and the same with YouTube, you know, YouTube, it, there's no way you don't notice a guy making five-hour-long videos getting over a million views, uh, and right in the middle of it, he's saying, "Yeah, you know, this is all this is all a a setup. Um, COVID is a a bioweapon, and the lockdown is part of you know an evil thing that." The cabal wants, but don't worry. There, the uh, the three days of darkness is coming. Um, there's just no way you don't notice it. Yeah, you don't. It's it's open, outright promoting of Q and QAnon, and he's doing it, and he's still monetized. He's still allowed on the site. They're still letting him make run his business, which is absurd. So, I mean. It's incredible that that like these people can get away with it still. That they're still allowed to um, avoid sent, being uh, kicked off these platforms and being censored, which they should be because they're promoting nonsense and dangerous like crap. 
So uh, I, I appreciate you being here. I thank you for uh, that. Uh, where can people reach you? Do you have anything you're working on? Oh, yeah. So this is quite a, a branch off from my normal thing. <laughs> I, have a, I have a podcast called Nerdy Talk where I talk to people about nerdy things. <laughs> like I talk to the voice of Ty from Digimon about voice acting and game designers and tabletop game stuff. Um, which again, so, you know, maybe, maybe not the best cross marketing type thing, but, uh, (laughs) I am huge in the game design and I, I want to, like, we're going to have to go uh, off record and start, I'm going to start spitballing some ideas to you. Uh, we are, we're going to, we're going to build a game. It's going to happen. Oh no, that, that works for me. Um, but yeah, so I have, I have my nerdy talk podcast, which there's only a few episodes out right now. Um, and then, but more are coming. And yeah, if you just want to find me on Twitter, it's at Bobby D Ellis. And I am a professional photographer. So if you're into that, like you can find Bobby D Ellis on Instagram. One thing I do want to say, because I feel like I rambled a little bit. um, I do want to say with David, I think that there's an important note here is I know a lot of people who are into these like fun and zany conspiracy theories, like aliens and Bigfoot and stuff like that. But I think that we see with people like David and George Norrie, because I know David was big on Coast to Coast for a long time. It's there. You you really need to pay attention with that because it's easy to be sucked into. And if you're coming at it from a skeptical point of view, like I do, then that's different. But I know a lot of people who are just like, oh, you know, this is what if? What if aliens are real? Just just watch out for your loved ones with that one because these people, it's so often they provide that gateway and you don't even notice it because they've buried it so deep in their content. I That's so. one of the things that I always get angry about with QAnon is the me- mainstream media reporting on them as being these wacky people that think JFK Jr. is alive and it's just no. This is way more dangerous and way more serious than that. You need to understand that. They're like, no, look at how cuddly they are. They think JFK Jr. is alive. And I'm just like, no. And then look, there's a guy standing in the well of the Senate celebrating the defeat of our government. And he's a QAnon supporter. It's like, great. Way to go, guys. Way to totally uh, address this threat the way it should have been addressed all these months. Thanks. Well played. Yeah. And, you know, that... What the the Q shaman? I saw a picture of his car, and there was a sticker on there, a bumper sticker that said "Life is good." So somewhere, somewhere along the line, he went from "Life is cool, man," like surfer bro type dude, to standing in the well of the Senate with freaking bison horns on, you know, going we're trying to burn the building down essentially. Yeah. So, oh, and yeah. that's that's the danger. That's the danger that people that these gateway people and this pipeline pose is because it starts out as fun and oh, like you know, I just listen to him for the Bigfoot stuff. I don't listen to him. You know, I don't care about his thoughts on like the th- them with triple parentheses. Uh, it's just fun stuff that I listen to. But then it it worms its way into your brain. 
Yeah, yeah, it's that. It's the big thing is that QAnon talks about the red pilling guides about finding common ground. Like, we, I start you with the UFOs, and we get common ground on that, and then I just slowly start getting the other stuff in there, and the next thing you know, bam, they're pilled, and that's that's how they operate. So yeah, it's it's incredibly insidious and it's incredibly dangerous. And I really thank you for uh, spending the time to talk to me and talk about this guy and these kinds of theories. So. Um, I hope to see you on Twitter and maybe we'll do an, we'll maybe do another one, maybe have a full pot of you at some point down the line. So thanks very much for being here. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me and I am, I'm just, I'm just stoked to, to, to hear my voice come after that little intro song you got. I listen to every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming right down Broadway. I promise you. I'll, <laughs> I will catch you later. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.